Welcome to Ellie's Coffee Talks, the podcast featuring creative entrepreneurs in the Basel area over the best cups of coffee in the best cafes. Hi Devon, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, thanks to you. Thanks so much for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Heiko. I believe it's pronounced, so I'm not sure yet. It's in Swiss German, it means... Coming home, something like that. Oh, that's so cute. Mm. It's such a cute cafe. I, mm. I, I couldn't believe that this was all in here from the front. It's super cute. We're on the mezzanine again, overlooking the shop and checking out everything we're buying. <laughs> <laughs> everything that I want to buy, take home. <laughs> you are from South Africa and you came to Basel about a year ago or so. Yeah, it's been nearly a full year that I've been in Basel. I moved here in January this year, actually. And you came for work? You created your startup? Yeah, so um, I moved here for work. I am the co-founder of a company called Linum Labs. It's a blockchain software development company. Um, and part of what we do at that company is we build out our own in-house products. Um, and the one is in the pharmaceutical industry, so we decided to move ourselves to Basel to be closer to pharma and the industry here to work with um, people from Rush and Nevada mm -hmm. and the biotechs around here um, and to really start integrating ourselves in the community. Yes, and that's, that's kind of been our mission since we got here. And how did it work out so far? I think it did work. I think we've achieved our objective of kind of integrating and building up our connections. Um, it's been really interesting, I think, to meet all the different people here and getting settled into Basel as opposed to where I'm from, South Africa, has been mm -hmm. so different. Mm. <laughs> it's really, really a different community. Yeah. Um, Do you want to share a few things that you that bother you or that you <laughs> noticed or that make you laugh maybe? Sure, yeah. I think that um, so South Africa is a very diverse country and there's not too many massive traditions because there's so many different backgrounds and people there are, um, or at least their traditions are still very young. Mm -hmm. um, and when we, or when I moved here at least, it was really, really exciting for me to actually see a country like Switzerland that has all of these traditions like Christmas traditions mm. and fast enough like oh, yeah. so nice. hard coded into its DNA <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how generations upon generations can change um, not change but like keep everything exactly the same and they have um, almost like a Christmas routine yeah. or like yeah, a, yeah. a passed down through grandfathers and grandmothers and everything so that was really cute that I noticed um, yeah. It's also super, super safe here, which is what is really quite different from what I was expecting. South Africa, I would never go work walking alone at night. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, yeah. No yeah, exactly. When I first got here, and I think my co-founder told me to come out to meet the team uh, for drinks at about 10 p.m., and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't walk alone at night. And I was like, oh, seriously, you'll be fine. <laughs> so it took me a while to get used to. What would you do in South Africa then? Not go out or? Oh no, we we Uber drive. everywhere in South Africa because uh, there's not such good public transport. We have the buses and taxis, but it's, Uber is super cheap there, mm. so I'd rather just Uber to wherever I need to be mm -hmm. or drive. <laughs> That's interesting. Huh? Yeah. Anything else you noticed in the, the yeah, way the, people are? The people are very different as well. So I mean, settling into. Settling into the people here has been quite difficult for me because South Africans are super friendly, like obnoxiously friendly. Mm -hmm. um, they hug and talk and invite you over and they're just like very welcoming in who they are. Um, and in Switzerland it's a lot more reserved what I found. Mm -hmm. But also because there's a language barrier for me moving to, moving to Basel. I don't speak German and I don't speak French or Italian. Um, so I've been trying to take classes and... Oh yeah, German classes? Yeah. Yeah, and then I started only taking them about like three months ago and I realized how much Swiss German has kind of worked its way into my book. Uh, oh, wow. Um, whereas that you just don't see in German. It's like, what's it, merci that they say in Basel for the French word? And it's like, um, grizzly, it's not yeah. German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they use some French words, yeah, also. Yeah, it's a strange little mix. Yeah. And also it changes everywhere you go in Switzerland, so even yeah. though you understand what's being spoken here, then you go to Bern or wherever and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, been a, yeah, so it's been a bit weird for me trying to settle in here. It's taken me quite a long time, but I found as well that friends that I have now finally built up here are really, really incredible friends. Mm. Like, yeah. 
stay well. But. Yeah, that's the thing. When I, I don't know how it is in South Africa, but I went to Canada and Australia, for example, and I don't know if it's the English language or the culture, mm. but I feel I felt the same in both countries. And, People are super friendly, mm. and they would be like, yeah, "Come over, whatever, whatever." But then you call them, and nothing happens. Mm. You know, they didn't really mean it. And then for me, as a French person, and I guess it's about about the same thing here in the in the region, Swiss or German, or well, not for everything, but let's say for that. If you say, "Hey, let's meet later," then you really want to meet later, you know, and you re really meet that person. And once you're in, you're in, you know, and if we don't care, otherwise we're, we won't say anything. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it is different, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. And but I'm, now you're in. Now I'm in, finally. <laughs> now I'm leaving as well. <laughs> yeah, <Damn. right. laughs> um, Yeah, it's been, it's been just like, it's like a brief year and I work from home as well. So it's, it's not exactly like I'll go to work and go and make colleagues there, like make friends with my colleagues or yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah. So it's, it's what I kind of started doing is just to make friends was I started the Future Females thing and I started yeah. up the, I have like a couple of like meetups that I run, like a blockchain and pharma network for work and um, <laughs> uh, why not I used to do as well yeah. and I just ran out of time to keep ca carrying it on but like doing like painting and drinking wine is yeah yeah so let's great. talk about that a little bit so sure. that's how we met i think or i cannot even remember yeah, did the you first come to event. the future females one or did you go to the art one i'm not I'm even sure. probably both mm. in the summer could have been yeah you, uh, yeah i th yeah i think the first time the future female and you were explaining a little bit yes so i think you came to the very first future females yeah one. i think so because one of my friend bianca was coming i think yeah Yes, and yeah, and then I came to the why not, and that's super cool. Like you used to provide all the painting, drawing material, and and the wine too. And the wine, yeah. <laughs> really good wine. Gotta get the creative juices flowing, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> and everybody would just uh, talk, yeah, and draw and drink and. Usually, there were many, many countries represented at the table. Yeah, it's um, with all of the events that I do, we generally don't have that many locals actually attending them. So they'll always be French or German or mm -hmm. expats living mm -hmm. in Basel mm -hmm. now. Um, so it's really a mixed bag of people, and it always makes the conversation really fun, especially after like one or two glasses of wine. We end up forgetting to paint. But <laughs> um, and you... You started to do these events because of your mom, right? Because your mom is an artist. Yeah, so my mom's a my mom's an artist in South Africa. She has this um, studio called Dark Art Designs, and she does abstract paintings with acrylic, often of domestic animals like cattle, oh. and cats, and cows, and dogs. <laughs> um, but she's she's got some really amazing work. And she in South Africa, she started doing uh, on a Wednesday. She would do art classes. Mm -hmm with some people from my friends, some students, um, and they would often have wine there. And it just, the vibe in the studio mm -hmm. becomes yeah. such a friendly, mm -hmm. um, open space for people to just express their creativity and talk about things. And I always, I really like that spirit that she kind of created mm -hmm. in that space. And I wanted to replicate it mm -hmm. here as well, because I feel like with my job, and most people I think feel like that with their jobs, is you don't often get a chance to be a child Or yeah. to play or draw like a child, That's and true. it's so important to just take even in one evening a month to allow yourself to do that. You know, yeah, be creative. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, be whatever. Yeah. yeah, be creative. Take some time for yourself. And we we had a workshop not too long ago about self love, and mm -hmm. sometimes about like forcing yourself to take that time and not feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't done it in a while. I should probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and so that's the um, why not and the future female. That yeah, it's super yeah. exciting. Um, I think I'm kind of like you in that I like to do a lot of different things to keep myself <laughs> busy, and I've always kind of done that. I know that you also you work on a million things. I don't do it on purpose. Actually. <laughs> it's because everything is just so exciting. Yeah, the, yeah, um, that's true. There's, um, I guess there's good and bad to that as well. <laughs> um, to be overwhelmed with things like I've stopped doing the wine knots now, but the Future Females is something I've been doing or that I first got interested in in 2016 when they first oh. launched in Cape Town. Oh, 
Um, and I met the founder there. Her name is Lauren. She's this amazing businesswoman um, and female founder. And she's kind of now grown this network across the world. I think mm-hmm. they're in 22 different countries at the moment. Um, and last year I launched Future Females in Berlin. Um, and it was an amazing oh. event. I think we had over 100 people come through wow. and we presented and we spoke about a lot of things and we just really got an open conversation going about the challenges that female founders face or female entrepreneurs face. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main aim of the community or the collective is to really empower one another and support one another mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and create this network of support and um and resources and being able to what we have is like this give first mentality as well mm-hmm. um, and that I feel like I have that mentality a lot in my life as well so that's maybe why it resonated with mm-hmm. me so well is that put out into the universe and it will come back yeah, to you yeah, maybe yeah, not in the ways yeah. that you expect yeah. but I've, I've been doing that since I first started working with first running my company um, and it's always come back in a positive light and like what? Even yeah, if it's yeah, I guess even if it's things that my my co-founder very often doesn't understand why I'm doing, <laughs> or why I let um, I've often Strangers. run events for free, or yeah. why I let people use my yeah. space for free, or why I would do something for free. Um, a lot of the time, yeah, the people that I give to is like it'll come back and they'll they'll think of me for another project mm-hmm. or they'll recommend me to someone else and that'll get me another project or and it also just creates this this name for yourself as it's not all about the money all the time That's because awesome. yeah. building up the community without your community in your company or in your lifestyle or whatever yeah. you're doing you don't have much going for you yeah. <laughs> so it's for me it's one of the strongest pillars of what we built our company on it's um Give first. Give first. Exactly. We used to run free um, workshops and trainings as well. We've done a couple of trainings for underprivileged kids in South Africa, mm. where we taught them blockchain training and coding, um, wow. which helped them level up their skills independently after that as well, um, and got them into the industry and allowed them to um, get international jobs as well. So I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's really cool because then those students sometimes a lot of them will upskill the hell out of themselves, mm-hmm. and they they're so hungry to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, that they learn um, much faster than some of the people that we've actually trained in corporate yeah, yeah. for. Um, and they'll often either come and apply for jobs or internships with us yeah. or go and work at another company and create good partnerships for us moving yeah. forward. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I, I really like it. I mean, it's it takes a long time, I think, to build that up yeah. um, and to build that level of trust as well. But uh, I love it. I love it so much. And I mean, you never had bad experiences, right, doing this? I mean, you'll every now and then, like you'll get people trying to take advantage of the system, but ultimately, the, the industry that I work in, the blockchain industry, it's a very tight-knit community of people that are actually trying to do good shit. <laughs> like they want to see a positive change in the world, and they're working on it because they believe they're able to make that change. Um, and I think that's what drew me to the industry, is because like all of these crazy idealists and nerds and designers and thinkers and doers and they all just really determined at making a positive impact on the world um, awesome. and they believe that they can and I think I think that's what's really amazing about the space so cool yeah so future female future females kind of ties into that so when we started doing like I mentioned I did the Berlin chapter sorry I got completely off topic there no, no. <laughs> went down it was, some rabbit it hole it was beautiful I didn't know that so And I, I, I mean, I see it that you offer those events for free and even the space, like uh, mm. we are doing a couple of things at your current location in Basel mm. and it's, for us, it's amazing, you know, mm. the, the place is beautiful and, and we're super grateful. And Sometimes it's just that as well, though. It's not about like expecting anything. I think that's the main thing as well. It's like giving without the expectation of return. Yeah. Because the moment you expect a return or something, then it loses yeah. the reason that you started it in the first place. So, I mean, like, um, sometimes for me as well, it's something that I do to give back for myself because it makes me feel good mm-hmm. to empower mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a way for me as well to, like, mm-hmm. self-love and to still be able to mm-hmm. feel good about the work that I do. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> I also don't know where to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> from um, yeah, from Berlin. Then I opened the Basel one because Berlin right. was so amazing. There was such an electric energy in the room. I'm like, no, more people need to know about this. Um, yeah, yeah. So bringing it to Basel as well. Basel is a very different chapter as well. So we call them chapters across the different cities okay. that they're in. Um, 
And Basel is very different because it's a much smaller community. So mm -hmm. on average, we'll have like 10 to 15 people come mm -hmm. through to an event as opposed to like 100, 150, 200 in mm -hmm. other countries. Um, but the community that we built here is a lot more... I feel like they're a lot more uh, together. I don't even know how to quite explain it, but we have a WhatsApp group and they're supporting one yeah. another in unusual ways that I didn't mm -hmm. quite see coming up. And I think that's as well, like going with the dynamic that the community yeah. grows itself in, as long as it's still supportive, as long as it's still kind, as long as it's still uh, a healthy yeah. environment, like I think we should be very dynamic in how we do build these communities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and the future females in Basel one, I mean, I don't know how you feel if you've got value out of it, but... I think I'm... What I like the most about these kind of events is meeting with people, mm. you know, and being inspired and have a good time, you yeah. know. Yeah, of I course, the, the talk was valuable too, but my favorite, and because of course I do the podcast and my thing is to talk, you know, and, <laughs> or, or listen, depends. And so it's to meet the people after, you know, and be like, oh, what do you do? Oh, wow, that's awesome. Do you want to do something together? Maybe if, mm. if um, it resonates or whatever. Yeah. Well, for example, um, the, the first one where Bianca came and her friend Ali, the photographer from oh, Zurich, yes. came. I was following her on Instagram, but then she came to the event and then I did a photo shoot with her, for example. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, we call that yeah. cross-pollination. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's when you both have different skills or you can both work together yeah. and collaborate on a future yeah. project or you you find um, synergies between different people and so what you do could maybe yeah. like I mean I found you through this and now I'm doing this podcast and I think it's yeah. awesome and I listen to your podcast <laughs> and I think it's so great um, and Bianca as well being like this mindful social media yeah, coach yeah, yeah. Um, Awesome. There's such a strong need for that, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people as well that come through to these events find inspiration, like you said, through yeah. other women, um, and that's really what it's about. It's about helping one another up and building those connections yeah. and the cross pollination between yeah. different yeah. Um, different workflows and promoting one another. You know? Yeah, and that's I guess that's what Future Female is about to support one another. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, we were talking about this on Tuesday. She said, "Yeah, usually." And she's not for it, but she said, yeah, I think usually women are more likely to destroy one another or compete with one another. I, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. I want to really, I'm happy for someone if they do what they love. Yeah. You know? And if they add value to yeah. anybody's life. I think I understand where she's coming from because having done this now for two, three years, you kind of notice the difference. And for me, mostly what I see is either an industry divide or a generational divide so for example women in high positions of power in big corporates that are maybe 30 plus or 35 plus or the women that have really really had to work to get to where they were due to the inequalities of the past they're going to be a lot more fierce and maybe a lot more protective of their position and not as willing to maybe help other women up to their level because they had to really fight for it so there is this almost a small resentment sitting on their chest that you can you can definitely feel in a lot of people and we actually when we launched the Lucerne chapter recently um, there was a lady there who just had to work really hard to get to where she was so she was still a bit skeptical skeptical of like the, oh, yeah. the woman supporting women kind of thing but, um, was she a little bit older than she was a little bit older but she I think I'm not even sure if she'll come through to another yeah. event, but she, she does. <laughs> I'm glad I got to talk to her at least, because it's good to get a different perspective. So. Yeah, I mean, for me it's so obvious. But, you know, but but also I, I have, uh, like, yeah. I consider myself to be nowhere, you know, but... How can I say this in a positive way? <laughs> um, say it how it is. <laughs> It's not, I don't feel like I have, like someone can take something away from me, you know? And anyway, what I do is me, you know? It's really, nobody else can do it because it's not them. So, like this podcast, you know? Yeah, it's like, yours. <laughs> if you want to start going to a coffee shop and do a podcast, like, you can, but... Uh, do you love it <laughs> as much as I do? I'm not sure. No, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, you. It's this authentic business thing mm -hmm. that, um, that yeah, Bianca does and all my friends do. And yeah. 
so for me it's super normal, but I get... No, I don't get it actually, but... (laughs) (laughs) I think it's... um, We don't have to fully understand it or get it or feel the same way, we just have to have a tolerance for that it's there. Mm. It's the Mm. way that they view it and Mm. they're fully entitled to feel Mm. that way. Um, I see it a lot in companies, you know, mm. like in the company I work in now. Don't you think Corporate, it's different? Right? Yeah. It, it is different. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We, one of our mutual friends, has recently resigned, for, for example, from from a corporate position. Mm-hmm. And the moment she's resigned, they they treat her differently. Um, mm-hmm. And she's really struggling with that because there it's the superficial relationship, mm-hmm. I guess, with your colleagues mm-hmm. instead of one that's actually beneficial to your growth or mm-hmm. one that'll help you either achieve your personal or career goals, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I've worked in corporate as well. I worked for a bank for a year in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of when I realized that I don't want to work yeah. in a corporate ever again. <laughs> the atmosphere, right? It, it is. It kills like, you. Working slowly. in a cubicle, being yeah. told to fetch coffee for people. <laughs> I don't know. I, I much prefer being able to, like... When I be, book, yeah, be the title in the managing director. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so when I started my company, there's like because I'd gone through corporate and because I'd um, I'd worked remotely for a while, I knew exactly how I didn't want to run my company. And we started building like a different way of running it, and it works very well for us. So we work remotely, we work flexible hours. Um, We've only recently gotten an office. We have an office in Cape Town and an office in Basel. So this is the first time we've had offices where people can come into. And I'm still not even sure if they're a good idea because most of the time the team prefers to work from coffee shops or from home. Um, But having that flexibility, it increases happiness so much. And it creates the supportive environment with one another as well and being there for one another. And we do have a very open culture as well. Like often my team, if they can't come in because of a personal reason, they'll tell me everything kind of a thing yeah yeah yeah. so I'm I'm glad that we have that honest and transparent culture there's trust yes there is trust and I guess we have to if we work remotely as well yeah Um, and that's what I I noticed because I did both I'm still doing both like work remotely for an organization and work in corporate there and I see the difference you just met my boss just Mm -hmm. just before and she totally trusts. I obviously I trust her because I write my hours and every, well at the other company too. But anyway, I see a lot of fear and a lot of um, unreliability. Can you say that? Is that a word? That's the right word. I get what you mean. They're not reliable. Like not reliable. Yeah. They people are sick a lot. Mm. Like first starters and then I think that uh, they don't really they're always like scared for their position first of all if someone else is gonna come in they're like a little scared to get fired or something like that they're scared that or they think that the other person is not working enough or you know they compare Mm. themselves a lot it's it's quite like an unhealthy almost environment very unhealthy that's why people are sick all the time Mm. you know and then yeah and then home office it's called it's not really a thing unless you're sick then Mm. you can work from home (laughs) pretty crazy because they're not sure if the people are going to work or not yeah and It's a very different mindset than from uh, entrepreneurship yeah. and corporate like this. And I know in some companies I, yeah. they do it. Easily. I think some companies are moving a little bit more towards yeah. flexible hours and towards like even three days remote work every now and then. Um, yeah. So I mean, the change is coming, and I think that corporates are starting to realize that it makes a difference. But but like you mentioned, there was there was a lot of issues to unpack in that in that mm-hmm. sentence of how the how the company works there as well. But. The, the trust issue as well. I mean, like our our team is small. We're only about I think twelve people at the mm-hmm. moment now, um, but it's it's very familiar. It's mm-hmm. it's very tight. It's we're all friends. We trust one another. Mm-hmm. We're friends. Yeah. We have a we we spent a long time curating our company culture to be what we want our company to be representative of. So mm-hmm. we will not hire somebody who doesn't believe in our values or in our ethics or in the way that we want to interact with the world or the world to see us. Um, 
Everyone on our team is yeah. awesome. I'm not gonna lie. We have a team of badasses, <laughs> and they're they're entrepreneurial and they're mm. driven mm. and they're go getters and they're super hard workers, mm. um, and they're really kind and ethical mm-hmm. and moral people as well. So I mean, there's there's all of these elements to it, um, and I don't think I don't think we have a toxic culture in, mm-hmm. in terms of people worrying about their jobs mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we try and keep like. It's still it's still business, so like mm-hmm. there's still rules, there's still um, ways that we do things. We still have some sort of a routine. It's just a lot more flexible than I guess a, a corporate culture. And um, you wrote uh, an article that I read. Yes. Uh, about uh, what was it? Output, getting paid. Output based. Well, wait, was it the output based one? Um, it was remote work. Oh wait, uh, it was um, yeah, presence-based yeah. versus output-based. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So at the moment, what you're talking about the corporate companies, it's a present-based, yeah. presence-based. So like, you have to be yeah. in the office, you yeah. have to be working. But sometimes you'll be like, I don't know if it was true for you, but when I was working at the bank, for example, I would sometimes finish my work by 3 p.m. Exactly. and then still have to just like sit in my chair and stare at the clock for another two exactly. hours. And I just don't see that as a use of like a good use of time. Um, like flexible working I say this quite often it's not about working less hours or more hours it's about working smarter hours mm-hmm. as long as your work gets done um, and it meets its dead, deadline mm-hmm. like I don't really care when you work as long as you make it to your meetings you have your work in like it really should be up to yeah. you when you work because I have some days as well when I when I wake up and I just feel like crap yeah. and I'm not going to get anything done for the first three hours but then maybe I'll have like hit hyper productivity from about 9pm onwards yeah. and I work for one hour and I get everything done yeah. in that one hour yeah. so I mean but it's a mindset mm. don't you think because that's what I notice at the company that people are used to get think like receive like served on a platter you know mm-hmm. those are the tasks you really have to do and and, uh, and then they they know they have this much time to to be there and then sometimes they talk and they do a, a ton of things like I saw it today like with my colleague and she's not gonna listen to that so it's, it's fine but I saw like we shared our work and my goal but because I'm paid per hour is to get out of there as soon as I can you know because I'm fine with the uh, minimum salary kind of you know so I can work on my projects on the side mm. so I'm like really like hurrying to get things done mm. so I can get out and they have the whole day so they're like mm. let me do this and this and, and it's just an, another yeah. mindset yeah yeah I get it. that must be frustrating to work with that dynamic <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I think this needs to change too, you know, that yeah. it might take a while to... I think so, it has to, I mean, not everyone can work remotely as well, that's one of the it's things true. with our company culture as well, when we hire someone we have a three month uh, probation period, and if we realize after three months that you cannot work remotely, mm-hmm. that we cannot trust you if you're not showing up to meetings yeah. or yeah. handing in work, yeah. then then we can't work with you basically I mean some people just really need the routine yeah, that yeah. an office brings mm-hmm. like you arrive at work at 9 you leave mm-hmm. at 5 like some people need that and that's fine it's mm-hmm. just not what we need <laughs> um, so yeah yeah let's see what happens in the world <sighs> yeah um, I'm excited I, I really would like to see if I can help more companies go remote so hit me up <laughs> Like give talks in companies or yeah. give them like consulting. I guess I could consult people on how to do it because it's not really like a night and day thing. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of employees, um, it's scary. I think for employers to trust. now trust your employees. <laughs> yeah. But there's also that sad thing saying like if you're worried that your employees won't work if you go remote, yeah. Yeah. then you have a lot more problems than you yeah. think. Like you're, you should be able to trust your employees. But and I the think team that you have. most of the people they don't want to work there. Mm. Maybe half, let's say half. Because I, well, I guess that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. Another thing. And so of course, when they don't have to, they mm. won't do it. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think we're really fortunate that everyone on our team wants yeah. to work in our team. I <laughs> <hope>. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, what would you be calling this consulting position? Oh, I don't know. What, what shall we call it? It's a made-up title. Um. Devon Consulting. Yes. 
Maybe I'll just build it onto Lenham. <laughs> Lenham Labs can take on remote counseling. We also, yeah. Yeah. We counsel on a lot of things. We do not counseling, we do consulting. Oh, yeah. We do blockchain consulting as well for our corporate clients. Um, so, with blockchain training, software development, consulting. Um, we run hackathons, which is really nerdy and really fun. Um, <laughs> we get um, like 200 coders together and we hack on solutions to build things with blockchain. I have no idea what she's talking about, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like amazing. a room full of people coding stuff <laughs> with like a ah, with like a goal. Like a, so they have to, they basically try and solve problems mm. or build things that'll fix a problem. Or mm. um, where is that? We've run two before in the past. Both both of them we've run in Cape Town. Mm. Uh, the last big one that we ran was East Cape Town. Um, in East Cape Town, was we had like 200 hackers come through. Uh, 67% of them were South African, actually. So it's quite nice to have the local community very involved. Mm. And we did basically like a day of training and getting everyone like amped about the technology. And then we had, I think it was something like three days of just coding. So people like stay up all night coding problems and like... Wow. working in teams and then they present at the end and there's big prizes you can win like a hundred thousand rand it's not that much like ten ten thousand dollars ish yeah so yes yeah, so, i mean they code for a reason and then companies will sponsor and mm-hmm. is cape town big in startups cape town has a really thriving startup economy oh, yeah. economy it's it's really fun actually like that city is a it's a vibe you mm. can feel it when you when you get there but it's also a lifestyle city which is what I also really miss about Cape Town because there's there's 800 wine farms around Cape Town. Let's talk about so wine. with wine. <laughs> um, I feel like South Africans drink a lot more. <laughs> yeah, the Swiss. Yeah, so it's it's a lifestyle city. People wake up and they get to work only about nine. I thought you were gonna say people get up, have some wine, <laughs> go to yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Drunken yoga. Okay, that's it. That's my next meetup idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. the coaches. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so yeah. So they, they you, you said that last time yeah. that they, they're more chilled. They are more chilled. I mean, like, if there's, on Fridays, at least I know, a lot of people leave work at 3 p.m. even to go and, like, watch the sunset, have a surf, go and... Um, there's a lot of outdoor life. I mean, where I used to live in Cape Town, it was a five-minute drive to the ocean or a five-minute drive to the mountains. So. Yeah, there's the Rhine. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the Rhine. The floating down the Rhine thing in summer is so much fun. It is. It is. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. Um, so, I want to touch on something. Um, so, you said, yeah, coders, they work hard and they worked all night, for example, at this event. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you balance this uh, I don't want to use the word work-life balance but mm. like self-care self-love uh, with working so much what do you do to yeah. wind down I think to be honest that's probably one of my one of my problems at the moment um, and I do feel like this year I've I've experienced burnout for the first time ever oh wow and I didn't really know what people were talking about when they talked about burnout you and how bad it could get I was like oh come on yeah. like, get your shit together um, <laughs> anyway I have like That's a whole great, new yeah. realm of sympathy um, mm-hmm. and empathy I guess for, for burnout now um, because I mean, working way, out, but, yeah. working remotely I guess there is no off button as opposed to the end of the day at work when you leave at 5pm shut your laptop you're done when I work remotely I like sometimes if I start late as well then I feel like I need to compensate and work yeah. until like super late um, like what midnight or I've, yeah I've worked we've worked really really late until like 4 in the morning sometimes on proposals like we we push late. really hard I mean especially <laughs> when we have big projects you can easily yeah. work 10 11 hours a day um, without even thinking about it um, and then because I work on my laptop and I always have my laptop with me like mm. except, mm. except now for some reason okay. <laughs> yeah so I mean it's I'm always online I'm always connected and I my work emails and my we use discord to chat to the team I have that on my phone as well so I'm always online and there's no break um, I tried more actively lately on the weekends to keep my phone and my laptop off mm-hmm. and I do these events so I mean Future Females for me is not a work event it was a that, that was like that fills up my energy bar again um, and I, I take my cat for walks yes. <laughs> on a leash, uh, on a leash in, the in the forest yeah exactly um, so, but I do need a better I think work life balance and that's something I'm definitely going to work towards next year so this 
this morning actually I'm taking my first three weeks of leave yeah. this year. Wow. Um, so first holiday? First holiday oh. in, in, a, in a year. Um, because I, I didn't know, I got to this point where every morning I just woke up feeling deflated yeah. and broken. And I hated my job. I love my job. I know that I love my job and I'm good at my job. And I love my industry and I love blockchain. But it was just, it got to this point where I was so sick of seeing the word blockchain. I didn't even want to open my laptop in the morning. Yeah. Everything felt like a chore. I was procrastinating. I was taking too long to do things that I know that I could do like super quickly and it's just got into this really bad environment and when was that? this was like not even that long ago this was like last month when it started to like culminate to this point um, and it just started affecting all of my relationships and I didn't I started cancelling all my plans with my friends and it was really a bad space I think that I was in and I think one of the guys on my team he's super super nice and supportive he was like no this is burnout you better you gotta take leave now so that's actually it's this, the thought of going on leave now tomorrow has given me the energy I think to push through the last month as well and I cannot wait to disconnect so you didn't go to the doctor or anything Okay. <laughs> no, I do. I do see a psychologist once a week. Okay. So I think that that's it's it's super important as well for anyone working in a high stress environment to totally. to have a psychologist, even if like just someone to check in on. Yeah. Um, and I check in with her every week, and she tells me if I'm being crazy or not. So I think it's a good sounding board. <laughs> But she she also kind of noticed, and she was like, "Okay, no, you do need a break." So. And does she give you medicine? She she doesn't give me medicine. I try and not take anything. Um, I can actually maybe one day in a future podcast dive a little bit more into um, so I'm I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 13 bipolar disorder and I spent my entire teenagerdom trying to balance that it was it's super weird because I've always been super high achieving like straight A student on every single sports team um, but then I was just like a complete nightmare on the side <laughs> um, But you would have like ups and downs. Yes, so I, I'm, I think it's type one where I have severe highs and severe lows. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got to university, um, they put me on lithium and lamotrigine. So I was on the drugs for about two years, and it made me like a zombie. Mm -hmm. I, I was not myself at all. Mm -hmm. I was I was still performing like grade wise, but um, it just I couldn't be myself. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of weaned myself off of them for a while. Um, I actually started smoking weed to bring myself down a yeah. little bit more. And like that weed helped for a while, then I would smoke it when I needed to. But then I started smoking it every single day, like twice a day. And then I worked at the bank while I was smoking weed. And it was just like this awful, monotonous circle of, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it was just like I got into this repetition type routine where my yeah. life was just this. Either I'm at work in a corporate job or I'm high. So then I stopped smoking weed and my I, actually I think I stopped for a few weeks and then I was like, holy shit, my brain can work faster. <laughs> so I stopped. I haven't touched it again since then. So, um, but then like kind of the bipolar comes back and it affects my work sometimes as well because I'll go through periods of hyper productivity and then I'll go through periods where I actually just I work super slowly and I cannot. But it's yeah. it's. I don't think actually anyone on my team knows I'm bipolar. Maybe they do because I'm a little bit crazy. No, they'll know. Hey guys. <laughs> um, I actually so. So you take drugs for that or not? Not all? anymore. So it's it's actually a while back. Not a while back. Maybe a year and a half ago. I started reading a lot of studies on ketamine and ketamine treatments for bipolar disorder mm -hmm. and I did a lot of lot of research I reached out to a couple of medical doctors I reached out to some of the treatment centers I had meetings with them I had calls with them um, and I started um, experimenting with ketamine to treat my bipolar disorder and I would check in with my psychologist and with my psychiatrist and like it was a, it was a very monitored thing so ketamine is also a party drug that you can get in Berlin it's kind of like a horse tranquilizer But <laughs> I know it's, it's it's quite a quite a hectic thing to do, but I was kind of at this point as well where I needed to be able to function. Yeah, in the lows. I needed to not have those lows because it's not who I am as a person, and it was very difficult to distinguish what reaction I was having because it was a appropriate reaction 
what reaction I was having because it was um, maybe triggered by bipolar, for example. Um, so then the ketamine, I started taking, I took like a small amount once a week for the first four weeks and then once a month and then once every three months and now I haven't taken it again in maybe six months. Um, and I could feel the effects of it from day one. And I have not since that first day had a low like I've had in the past. And I have not had a high as detrimental to my health as I had in the past mm -hmm. either. So why, does, why is it detrimental? So it's actually, there's a lot of studies that have come out on it now. And ketamine has actually just been um, approved by the F FDA in the States for the treatment of bipolar disorder and major depressive disorder. Um, so it's called S-ketamine, so it's a derivative of ketamine, and they're actually doing it, um, administering it now in clinics and trials, so I mean, it can help a lot of people, and I think this is a story that I've always kind of wanted to share with people, because I needed the help so bad, and I didn't know that this existed, and now it exists, and I just, like, I just, like, other bipolar people, or people working, um, with major depressive disorder like there is hope and it might not yeah. work for everyone but it's got a 70% success rate yeah. as opposed to a drug like lithium which hasn't seen innovation since the 60s and only has a 30% success rate and it deteriorates your brain so I mean like <laughs> um, and ketamine doesn't have any negative side effects that they've been able to see so far um, it is quite addictive but I do I'm fortunate enough to not be an addictive person so I mean I was able to Look after myself. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of what happened with the bipolar stuff. I, I, I think, I, well, I'm definitely still a bipolar, um, but it's so much more manageable now. Like, it doesn't feel like it rules my life anymore, and I'm able to much more comfortably look after my company. Um, yeah. <laughs> Was the question? <laughs> yeah, so self care. Self care. So, Looking after my mental health has been like yeah. a big, big, big part of yeah. it. Therapist um, once a week. Therapist once a week. And I mean, the ketamine was part of it, but now I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Um, do you do anything else? Hmm? Do you do anything else for your mental health? For my mental health, I, I exercise. I mean, I've recently in Basel spinning. started CrossFit and spinning. There's a really great spinning class in Basel yes. called uh, Psycho Studio. <laughs> Um, and they have a great website now. <laughs> I built the website. <laughs> they are, so that was so that was actually quite a cool because I, I gave first I guess into that one. Um, I was kind of like that was more of a barter actually. I was kind of like if I'll build your website yeah. if I can come to lessons yeah. and that that worked out quite nicely. That's great. Um, yeah. And then CrossFit too. And then CrossFit. I do CrossFit once a week. Um, they kick my ass every week. <laughs> I went yesterday and they made us go running in the rain. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's nice as well to have that community aspect yeah, to yeah. exercising. Um, and anything to chill? To chill, I oh my gosh, I can binge Netflix for like ten hours at a time. So. <laughs> um, I really like going to the movies, but I can never get myself to go to the movies. Um, Oh, Netflix is a good one I chill out with. Nature. Nature. Oh, being around that. nature is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think friends for me is a, is a big mm. one as well because I mean like... You can talk and share and... Yeah. I, I think I've missed that for a long time or at least running a company I always feel like there's pieces of myself that I'm allowed to share and pieces that I'm not allowed to share. Like, for example, I thought for the longest time, like, the, the bipolar was mm. something that I wasn't allowed to share mm. because I don't want people to think I'm crazy or I don't want my team to think that I'm not capable yeah. of doing my job. Um, but I think that's also about beating the stigma around yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, we need to talk about it. Also, burnout, you know? Like, burnout, yeah, exactly. Because so, to so many people. Yeah, and I guess people don't even realize it when it comes around. Yeah. And there's, there's such clear signs of it. Mm. And people just ignore them. I, I ignored them. Mm. I ignored them for to the point of where I was barely able to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, there's so yeah. many Christmas carols playing. <laughs> yeah, sorry for the Christmas song. It's okay, it's festive. It's so loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So, self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Looking after yourself, taking the, we, we not feeling talk. guilty, I guess. Ah, not yeah, feeling yeah. guilty, to I think, is a big off. one. 
I think or, I feel yeah exactly I yeah. feel guilty taking leave because I'm like yeah. shit I need to go after the company I need to do yeah um, I feel the same actually yeah, yeah. it's like because um, I could I usually work every day you know if I'm not with my partner on the weekend I will find a way to work on something yeah know? or visit a venue like I was telling you before or whatever do you read yeah. <laughs> do you like reading <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no. Well, now that Audible came out, like, um, maybe less, but yeah, I, before I go to bed, I read. Yeah, I used to really like reading and I haven't found time to do that, so that's like another ah. big one, I think. So you think when you go back to that, then yeah. you find a I think it'll be off. nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's um, one of my friends actually she was saying how much easier it is when you're a child to be completely absorbed and consumed in a book mm-hmm. and like. I don't know if you like read like a really good story and you just yeah. like it becomes this all-consuming, yeah, amazing world. Yeah. Knowing, yeah, it's so much harder to reach that level of immersion in a book once you're an adult mm-hmm. because you can maybe read before bed or you read on the weekends when you have time. Um, but like that full immersion is so difficult now. Um, and nothing to do with technology, just being an adult. Yeah, maybe it does have something to do with technology as well because we're always like, I mean, you're reading and then ping, yeah. phone goes. Yeah. <laughs> And my attention span is not that long anymore. Yeah. It's sad. But yeah, I think we're the last generation who can still... Because when I see my sisters, it's it's a bit worse, you know? They are 10 years younger So than, than me, so that's like 20. And I think that generation is... They, they grew up with technology. Or did you grow up with Facebook? Yeah, oh my gosh, oh. I have my most embarrassing 13-year-old pictures on Facebook from when it first came oh, out. Right. <laughs> I think I was in about grade 8 when it came out, so then we didn't know um, what you should and should not post on Facebook, oh. so it's just like... Drunk pictures? Oh no, do you know I was 13? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, did you grow up with Facebook? No, I, d- I, came, I got it when I was 20, so oh, wow. or 18, 18 maybe. Hmm. So no, Much no better. social media. Yeah. Much yeah. better. <laughs> So that's critical for you, actually. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, I think it's much harder to, to get rid of your phone. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, for me too. But. I, I actually keep thinking next time I go and travel or I take time off, I'm going to leave my smartphone at home, my iPhone, and I'm going to so get like tomorrow? a flippy phone and a camera. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow? Maybe. No, I need it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're right. Maybe between Christmas and New Year. Maybe I'll just uninstall the work apps from my phone over, over Christmas. Because mm. you know be- between Christmas and New Year, like nobody is working really, no. I guess. Um, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Our team is taking mandatory leave for Christmas and New Year as well. So, perfect. Yeah. It's good. All right. What could we talk about? Um, Christmas shopping? No, I'm kidding. Christmas songs are in. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, actually, in South Africa, we don't celebrate. Oh, my mom, my family doesn't celebrate Christmas. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, no, for, not because of any religious reasons or anything. We used to celebrate Christmas up until we were about like 10, 11 years old. And then it just stopped being a thing, really. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah. So my mom is in South Africa, it's very commercialized. So it's not like in Europe where it's traditional. Mm. And like you have all of the traditions, it's like it's a commercial thing. It's just the gifts, gifts or... and presents and Santa and everything. But it's like yeah. I know that, that part of it is very um, tradition based. But Southern, we don't really have that tradition. Yeah. It just came about, and now it's this huge thing. And my mom, so my mom saw that it's not about the presents kind of a thing. So we'll still get together as a family and maybe make a big dinner or. In South Africa, it's hot during Christmas, so we'll go swim and braai. Yeah, we right. call it a braai. It's like a barbecue for you heathens that call it a barbecue. How do you call it? A uh, braai. B-R-A-A-I. Braai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's different, yeah. I, I, I do Christmas in Australia is also like barbecue, braai. surfing. Yeah. yeah, it's different. It's hey? very different, and it doesn't have the same vibe, actually. Mm. You know, here it's cold, it's maybe cozy. it's snowing. Grandparents yeah. has made 50 million meals for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally in France it's like that. And here not so much, but in south of France it's like, oh my god, 10 dishes. And you're at the table the whole afternoon actually. Oh. And yeah. then in the I evening you eat again. <laughs> do you also do your Christmas caroling? 
I was from my German, yeah, my my German grandparents. Um, yeah, the German. Yes, yeah. they yeah. they like scheduled in half an hour of carol singing before presents. <laughs> That's what my partner does in his family, oh, and wow. I hate it <laughs> because I'm not used to it. You know, my and they print out all of the lyrics, and I was like, oh my yeah. god, you actually want us to sing? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. they do. The I know. whole family does. And I was uh, and, like in German, you know, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So this this uh, Christmas, I'm not spending Christmas Eve with them. Oh, what are you doing for Christmas this year? No, I'm just seeing my mom. <laughs> I'm like, you guys sing, I'll come tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Balance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll come for the food. It's okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Do you have any other topics you'd like to share? I think it, it's been uh, nice. about an hour. Look at you. I'm so sorry for talking at you for a whole hour. <laughs> um, no, it's been it's been interesting. I think talking out with you. Um, feel free to edit out anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have any last questions or any closing thoughts? <laughs> Uh, what is the impact you want to have on the world? Sometimes I ask that. The impact that I want to have on the world. I would like to... Well, at the moment, I mean, I'm very geared towards helping other female entrepreneurs get started. I would really love to be able to positively impact female entrepreneurs and grow their mm-hmm. their companies. Because it, it's hard. <laughs> it is really, really hard. To be a woman... I think to be an entrepreneur is hard in general, and being a female entrepreneur, there are there are a lot of hurdles. There's a lot of challenges. Um, Did you want to talk about the challenges? Because that's one of my questions, but I forgot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I told the story in the first Future Females as well. It's like when I first started in the blockchain industry, I was at a conference in Paris, and out of maybe 600 people, there was maybe 13 women. Um, and I'd come straight out of corporate as well, so I was still wearing my pencil skirt and my mm. high heels and my lipstick, and nobody would talk to me because <laughs> I wasn't looking. I maybe I just I didn't look startupish, startup enough. I didn't look um, like everyone else at the, at the conference, and we actually organized a dinner then with those sixteen women. They were all facing the same problems. Some of the men would talk to them, take them seriously. They'd be interrupted. They would not be taken as seriously. Be like, oh, can I talk to your co-founder or whatever? Um, and when was that? Uh, that was when was that? Twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, maybe. But it's changed a lot since then. Okay. Since then, I, and it's what I realized was not that um, the industry doesn't want women, and they really do. They just don't know how to encourage more women in the, in the, in the, into the conversation. I guess even at an event that I went to um, on Tuesday night, it was a meetup about DAOs, which is decentralized autonomous organizations. It's a blockchain thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There was 20 people and not a single woman. Um, so it's it's something that I'm trying to figure out, I guess, still. Um, and, I mean, I guess sexism in the industry is still a thing. In corporate, I noticed a lot more people calling me sweetie or honey. And I was like, no. That, or being called girl as well. It's like, it's fun when it's an empowering way. Like, hey, girl. But no, and it's like, they're talking to you like you're a child. So I think a lot of the way that I've had to change my interactions, either online or in person, I've had to learn. Um, and it's changing small things like never apologizing in an email or using words like just or um, like, can I just ask you X, Y, Z? Um, can I ask you then? Yes. So there's, there's small differences in the way that I would communicate. And also my name is Devin. So I mean that. On email, a lot of people think I'm a man at first anyway. And I've had the most fun with that, actually, like, organizing a, a meeting with somebody who's talked to me on email and then they don't recognize me at all in person because they thought it was a man coming to meet them. Um, but, so you just have to own it. Yeah. And I mean, like, entrepreneurship, as I said, it's, it's a fucking hard thing to do. And a lot of people will think you're crazy for wanting to do it. And I want to be able to be there for the people that need me to like I want to be that supportive person I want to be someone that people can turn to and ask questions and ask for help and I want to be able to help them in any way that I can really Um, I mentor at the Startup Academy in Basel as well Um, 
and the, the two girls that I mentor, they actually they come from a community where nobody's an entrepreneur and what they're doing is absolutely crazy to their parents and to their friends and to their family. And I'm just like, no, this is an amazing idea, you know, but pushing for it and finding the strength to say yes when everyone's telling you not to do it is really difficult. Um, and I'm really proud of them as well. And they're going to be proud of themselves as well. I'm that kind of person that has 10,000 ideas. Yes. <laughs> you are like that too? Yeah. So how do you know you have to follow that one idea, a specific idea? And because you cannot do everything at the same time. Maybe yeah. in the long term you can do them all, but not right now. So how do you choose? Yeah, oh my gosh, that's a great question because, I mean, I always talk about my company that I'm running now, Linum Labs, because... It was my first successful startup. I don't talk about the five that failed before that, ah, right? right. Um, and I think that's another thing, like failure is normal. Mm -hmm. um, and I've learned a million ways not to run my company because I've made a lot of mistakes as yeah. well running it. But the millions of ideas that I've had before, I mean, I started with a company called Charity Chain, which was a blockchain, like charitable organization type thing where you could track donations on the blockchain. That failed before you even hit okay. off the ground. Um, I didn't know enough about blockchain then yeah. to get it started. I've also, there was a company that we wanted to look at for matching domestic workers um, with houses. They, it was around the same time that Domestic and Sweet South started up in South Africa. So it's like, okay. It's like a fine good cleaners or yeah. what's this, the German one now as well. So that was an idea. And we, we won a startup competition for that. It was actually cool and I as well. Oh. We've been good business partners moving forward with a lot of ideas. Um, So we, we got quite far with that and we were at the point, we had like a business plan together, we were at the point where we were about to get funding and then both of us sat down and like, this is really something that we were passionate about, that we would spend the next five years of our life building out. Yeah. And the answer was no. So we decided not to go ahead with it. Um, well, sometimes there are external circumstances. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for us, this was more of an internal circumstance. Yeah. So like, we could have got funding, we could have pushed it forward, but we just weren't passionate enough about it. Okay. Um, And I think that that's maybe an important thing for female entrepreneurs and training entrepreneurs as yeah. well. It's like, if you have a really amazing idea yeah. and you want it to work, try it out. See how far you can get. See if other people validate it as a good idea. Um, see if somebody will give you funding for it. If yeah. no, then answer probably there for you already. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of it is trial and error. I mean, yeah. there's that saying as well as that you only ever feel two emotions, euphoria and terror. I'm running a startup so you're euphoria and terror so you're either super ecstatic and happy or you're a fury for your company's life like there is no in between in normal. a startup yeah it's okay. completely normal <laughs> there is no in between that's how I feel every day right? and it's terrifying <laughs> and it's so inciting yeah um, it's like ah oh, it's the best idea ever ah oh, I'm so dumb <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and you're gonna feel alone and I think it's more having confidence in yourself and your yeah. own abilities than in your idea as well so like I mean yeah If yeah. you have an amazing idea and you fully believe in your ability to bring it to life, that's more important. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And the chat, so any other kind of challenges? Well, I think those are pretty good ones, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Start. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's the normal ones as well, like the how-tos or the, like how to get started, how to put together a business plan, there's yeah, all of those yeah, stuff, yeah. but that future females can help you out with that yeah, yeah. go get some consulting. <laughs> that you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's great. Yeah, I, I think, think you shared a lot yeah. about how you started and yeah. the struggles and... Uh, I think, yeah, for me, I think that's still the most important thing is the community um, and the community that you build up around. I would not be where I am without the mm. help and support of, first of all, some really amazing women in my life, but also just like some really amazing people. Mm. Um, I've, I've received a lot of help. I'm a, men I'm a mentee as well, so I have a mentor. Mm. <laughs> Business mentor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a mentor that helps me like um, with different spheres as well. Like, yeah public speaking I have a mentor uh, I go to Toastmasters yeah. um, it's just like continuously upskilling um, yeah I don't know it's, it's, it's super important to keep growing as a person and realizing yeah. what aspects you want to grow into yeah. and then finding people that can help you in the ways that you want to be I often find people that I admire or want to be like and chat with them or spend more yes. time with them yes yeah, it's important I think to surround yourself with people who are inspiring yes Yes, exactly, because yeah. there's that saying as well, it's like you're the average of the people that you spend time with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think five, yes, the five, five people. Yeah.
and that makes total sense for me because I've at whatever I wanted to do I realized that I super organically and genuinely met those people and wanted and, and became friends with them yeah. you know and then it was like that I'm doing that thing already kind of and then I would do it like like the comedy thing you know I love Vanessa okay, and we so hang right. out when we can and she gives me advices and yeah it, w it was it was just super random and super organic and and I have yoga examples like that and oh, yeah. it's um, yeah it's important future gonna keep um, growing the company gonna keep <laughs> Pushing forward, yeah. <laughs> going on leave, taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a good idea. Yeah. Holidays and napping. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 Wish you a Yeah. Thanks. Wish you a nice Christmas. You too. Thank you.